Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. All eyes are back on the gridiron and his teams are back for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. And exciting news, our podcast is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sports we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up on our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 highest-profile games of the week between NFL and college football, and whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco, and we are live streaming on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. So make sure you're checking us out on all our podcast apps and also checking us out live on the Fantasy Focused Network on YouTube. Also want to give a shout out to our guys over at the Fantasy Football Network. All our episodes are streamed on there as well. I'm your host once again, Bobby Marco. Today doing a solo pod. I know a guy uh, Sky did a solo pod for us earlier in the week, talked about waiver wires. This today is going to be about key player trends for week. Sorry, everybody. I got to lower this a little bit. There we go. Key player trends for this week. Now, the key for us is we're going to talk about every team breaking down what's changed over the last week. Uh, whether it's usage or overall just slot versus wide, stuff like that, I'll be breaking down. We're also going to be doing a Thursday night football preview. So we're going to have a little bit of everything here tonight, but we want to make sure everyone knows that all our podcasts are brought to you by Bet Online AG. And once again, I'm your I'm your host, Bobby Lamarck. Let's dive right into it. So first off, I want to talk quickly about the Thursday night football game. The Thursday football game is brought to you by the Fantasy Focus and TCK Sunday Live Start Sit Show. If you've not been there yet with us this season, the Start Sit Show is the place to be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern every single Sunday. We do all your Start Sits. We want to make sure that everybody knows that, hey, it gets really crowded in there, and we know that we can't get to every question, but we do have the option to be a super chatter. If you are a super chatter and you jump the line, 
you get your questions answered right away. So we want to make sure everybody who's watching us live on YouTube and also watching me live on Instagram, you jump over to YouTube, you get a better view. We're going to talk about player trends today and also Thursday Night Football Preview, which once again is brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show. Um, I don't know why every time I say it sounds like I say shit, but it's sit. Trust me, it's sit. You can shit if you want while you watch. Anyway, let's talk about this game. First off, you know, a lot of fantasy-relevant players in this game. The Jaguars are 0-3 versus the 2-1 and Bengals, and the Jaguars are 7.5-point underdogs in this game with the over-under at 46.5. Now, my hot take, my hot player prop take of the day, which is brought to you by Bomb Banana Hot Sauce, Make sure you go visit SeekTheSpice.com. If you're not currently using Bomb Banana Hot Sauce every Sunday like me and Sky do, we recommend that you buy your first bottle this weekend and have some hot wings during the football game. You go to SeekTheSpice.com, and that's where you can get all of your Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. Banana-based, not banana-flavored. All right, first off, guys, we're going to talk about these Thursday night football game. And my player prop that I think is going to be a lock is the Marvin Jones player prop. That's four and a half receptions. Bet the over. Um, Marvin Jones has been at least five receptions in every game so far this season. And on top of that, you can get him uh, right now at four and a half. So I think that's a key one. Jump on FanDuel right now, Sportsbook, and you make that bet. And I think it's a great lock for this game, especially because they're underdogs, which means they might be playing from behind at seven and a half. And that means they have to throw a lot on the road. So. I think that's a really good bet in this game. To break down the players, I think it's I think Joe Burrow to me right off the bat comes off as somebody that you can possibly stream and or start this week if you need him to. The Jaguars secondary let big games up to Tyrod Taylor and they've allowed almost 300 yards passing to every opponent they face this year. So I think from that perspective, you can definitely start Joe Burrow in this game. I know a little bit some of us are worried because you can fall into the situation last week when they face the Pittsburgh Steelers. And no one's going to sit here and tell you that it was not a bad game for the Burrow team because of the fact they hit no pass ball and the lowest dropbacks on the week last week, which didn't lead to a lot of fantasy production for him overall. But the Jaguars, surprisingly, offensively, have at least pushed the envelope a little bit to force teams to throw a lot against them. So I think in this matchup, Joe Burrow is going to have to perform pretty well, even though there is no T. Higgins in this game. So T. Higgins will be out for week four, that is that makes to me Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd the key starts in this game. I think they both need to be in your lineups. I actually prefer Tyler Boyd in this game. The Jaguars have allowed a decent amount of production to the slot, so I think both those guys can be in your lineup. And as a PSA announcement, please make sure you put all your Bengals and Jaguars into your wide receiver and running back spots and take them out of your flex. You want that flexibility, all pun intended, later on in the week. Now. For the for the for the Jaguars side, I think really when it comes down to it is Jacoby Awuzie, the top cornerback, is out as well. I actually think that from a receiver perspective, I think Marvin Jones is in the lineup for me. He's proven to be the number one. He has proven to have a nice baseline, five for sixty-five, five for seventy range every single week, and then he offers you touchdown upside because he's been running the most routes. I think because of the game flow potentially and how the Jags have had to throw it a lot this season, I think you got to get Marvin Jones in there with the top cornerback for the Bengals out. Trey Waynes has not played since 2019, and he's coming back this week. I think Marvin Jones is still going to be a solid start, and I think you should get him in there as a borderline wide receiver too this week. Chenault, to me, is a deep PPR sleeper. We just saw him have a big PPR day last week, even though he only caught for like 50-plus, 50, 50, 60 yards. PPR-wise, he was great because of all those catches and that volume. 
This game, I think he's going to do it again in this matchup. And I think he's definitely someone that if you're in a PPR format, you can start him as a wide receiver three slash flex in this game. And finally, I think the biggest one is Joe Mixon. Listen, you're starting Joe Mixon. He's the he's the heavy hitter. He's a complete workhorse. You have to roll with the ups and downs. I think because he is pretty much dominating the work, even in the passing game, he's running clearly the most routes amongst running backs. I think you can definitely roll with Joe Mixon in this game. Obviously, you need to get him in. And finally, James Robinson. I think James Robinson, in my opinion, is a flex at best. This is not going to be a good ground game matchup. Uh, the Bengals actually have a solid run defense in this game. I think James Robinson, good thing for him and his fantasy value, though, is he gets passing game work a lot. So I think he's fine flex play. I am not going out of my way to start James Robinson in this game. But if you need a desperation RB2, if you're a little banged up because of injuries, I don't think he's a terrible start, but I would try to fade him if you can. All right, boys, that, that was our Thursday night quick preview. Real quick, let's just jump into the player chance. But before we do, reminder, this is this Thursday night football segment was brought to you by the Start Sit Show every single Sunday on the Fantasy Focused Network. Make sure you're joining us, guys, on the YouTube channel from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. PST and 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern every Sunday for our Start Sit Show. It's very important that you guys join us on those games. All right, we're going to jump over to our player trend section. I spent a lot of time put, building these out for us, so I'm just going to run through them. And, you know, these are key because every single week we're starting to see different playing time usage. Playing time usage evolve a little bit every single week. We want to make sure we're on top of these trends because it really can help us identify potential sleepers later on in the season. Also, guys, maybe to tr sell high, buy low, etc. So we're going to start in Arizona. And A.J. Green, I think we have to start taking seriously a little bit. I mean – this is back-to-back -back weeks now. He led the team in yards, and he also ran the second-most routes again this week. So he's clearly running as the wide receiver, two in the offense from a usage standpoint, but he also is getting the yardage. He was he actually had two deep receptions in this game. He's also getting vertical now. I'm starting to feel, feel that A.J. AJ Green, in this offense led by Ty, uh, Kyler Murray, is someone that you need to start taking seriously. Rondell Moore, for example. He's been a distant fourth. After a promising week two usage, he's dropped clearly back down to the wide receiver four. He's going to be really hard to trust. His floor is basically nothing because he's running at a clear fourth wide receiver behind Kirk Green and DeAndre Hopkins. He only saw two targets in this game. And his routes went from up to 59% versus dropbacks in week two back down to 38% in week three. You know, 38% uh, route to drop back ratio is not something we want from our fantasy starters. So I think Rondell Moore is best left on benches for the foreseeable future until there's an injury or if they start utilizing more four wide receiver sets like we hope they would early on in the season. You know, Max Williams had a big week last week. I actually thought he could be a solid streamer if you're desperate as a tight end. It's not the case. He only ran a route, 21 routes on 37 dropbacks. Uh, you know, Kyler didn't have a great passing game necessarily last week. He got it done through with his legs. So I think for the most part, Max Williams was a big disappointment against that Jags defense. But overall, he I don't think he's someone you want to be starting week in and week out. But I thought it was notable. He blew up in some games. If you think there's going to be a shootout in a game that Kyler Murray is going to have to throw a lot, Max Williams could be on the streamer radar because he is the only tight end in town on that offense. Jumping down to Chase Edmonds versus James Conner. And the key is Chase Edmonds. I love about his usage is that this year he's legitimately a 1A, 1B situation versus versus a clear number two in the ground game. Last year he was the clear receiving back for this offense, but unfortunately he was not getting a lot of carries. This year that's not the case. He's consistently getting 
right around that 10 carry mark. Last week, he split carries with James Conner, Conner 11 to 11. Plus, since he's the passing down back, he's pretty much matchup proof. This week against the Rams, they're not going to be able to run. I mean, they could probably run a little bit against the Rams. They're actually weaker against the run than the pass. But he's going to get a lot of usage in the passing game because, of course, we know Jalen Ramsey's in the secondary. And, you know, that's a pretty good back end of that defense. So I think that for the most part, we could probably see, James, uh, you know, Chase Edmonds perform very well in this game this week. Jumping down to the Atlanta Falcons, the key injury is Russell Gage. Will he be back? Will he not? Will not be. But for the most part, this is a Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley show, and that is it. You're not buying anybody else for fantasy purposes this week. So I am not going to bother, even if Calvin Ridley is going to play in this matchup. Mike Davis versus Cordell Patterson update. Carries 12-7 to 7 for Mike Davis. Yards 50 to 21. He's clearly the better runner. I mean, if you want to just flat out say this is back-to-back weeks now, he's outperformed him on the ground. Mike Davis is the better running back. But Cordell Patterson's offering a lot in the passing game. He actually had six targets to only four for Mike Davis. Routes were 18 to 15, favoring Davis slightly. The point is, Davis is not a workhorse. This offense is not good enough to support a backfield with a split backfield. Davis's appeal in the fifth round was that he was going to be a workhorse. It is clear Cordell Patterson has carved out a role. And the fact that Cordell Patterson has those former receiving chops in his background and also has wide receiver eligible in some leagues, I think he is a very good guy to hold on your teams. And especially because if this continues to trend up, because remember week one, he actually did not play a lot in this uh, at all. And then week three, he's basically at a 50-50 timeshare now. So this is key. Keep watching him. Cordell Patterson could emerge late on in the season. Or maybe Marlon Mack goes to the Falcons. I would like that a lot. All right, jumping over to the Baltimore Ravens. I think the key thing here is that Rashad Bateman should be back this week. He sounds like he's going to practice. This might be a time to evaluate your Marquise Brown shares and see if you can go sell him high. Uh, Marquise Brown is someone that's performing extremely well, but they haven't had a second or, I mean, a third consistent receiver. Sammy Watkins is getting a lot of work and Mark Andrews, but there hasn't been another receiver with Rashad Bateman's caliber gobbling up char, uh, targets. James Proach, not that guy. So for the most part, it's it's really it's going to have to start eating at Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, and Sammy Watkins. Maybe Sammy Watkins gets phased out, but I, I just he's been leading the team in routes consistently, second in targets behind Marquise Brown on most weeks. So it's just something to monitor with Rashad Bateman coming back, and if he starts taking away a little bit and demanding more targets than those three and four receivers now, this might be a time to sell Marquise Brown high and find maybe pairing him with an RB2 like Jamal Williams and him to go get an upgrade at the position might be not a bad idea if you have that kind of combo. Both guys could be sell highs at this point. Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews both had seven targets last week. Extremely consistent. Good to see Mark Andrews back. Nick Boyle, this is key. Last week he was put on IR again, and I think Nick Boyle is someone that he plays a lot to block, and I think it usually impacts Mark Andrews a little bit. So the fact that he's on RIR is good news for Mark Andrews. I think that happened like two weeks ago. So that's something to keep in mind. All the other wide receivers, I just brought this up, had four targets on the week. But Bateman's going to demand a little more than four targets a week. So I think this is something to keep count. Carry counts from this week, not great. Williams, five. Murray, seven. Devonta Freeman, three. Not sure what's going on with Williams. I think Murray is just the veteran back. To be honest with you, you can't start Williams until we see that he earns more of a share of this backfield. So unfortunately, because of that usage, I think it's best you fade those running backs in that backfield, even though it's an elite rush game. 
I just don't want to. I mean, you play Detroit and you get five carries. It was a very big disappointing week for a guy like Tyson Williams. All right, the Buffalo Bills. Stephon Diggs is someone to buy. I actually just purchased him. I traded in a league George Kittle and Allen Robinson to get Stephon Diggs. And I did that because I had Tyler Higby on the bench. And I figured Diggs and Higby would be a better combination moving forward. Now, Diggs last week had three deep targets, didn't catch any. And that stuff's going to change for him. And he's still putting up baseline on half-point PPR between 9 and 10 points. And he hasn't even popped off yet. He hasn't got a big touchdown. He missed on three deep targets. As soon as he starts connecting on those again with Josh Allen, this guy's going to take off. So if he's someone that you can go buy, that's a kind of a combination I did. I tried to sell on Robinson because every time I looked at him, I died inside because I just saw that I didn't have Cooper Cup on my team after I talked about him all summer. That's on me. Cole Beasley, 13 targets. I mean, this guy is a consistent target volume in the slot, and we'll keep monitoring to, monitoring his slot matchups. When he has plus game flow, when he's in a potential shootout or a team that's weak in the slot, Beasley's a PPR. Uh, great baseline, and he likes to find the end zone from time to time. Emmanuel Sanders finally finally broke out a little bit last week. He's continuing to lead the team in routes. He's actually run more routes than Stephon Diggs, and he caught – he leads the team in deep targets, which is key, too, for this season. He finally started catching on some of those, and then he finally hit off. We talked about this last week, that he only caught one of five through two weeks, but he finally caught a couple deep ones, and he got in the end zone. So it was a big week for Emmanuel Sanders. But the thing with Emmanuel Sanders, too, is he's leading the team in routes. And number four, who we thought was going to be contested for number three, Gabriel Davis, ran just 13 routes last week. That was seventh highest rate on the team. I think that's very surprising. He's falling way behind even a guy like Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox ran 37 routes on 48 dropbacks. That's a 77% rate. That's extremely good. And this guy's starting to catch some touchdowns. He actually had five targets last week. So I think Dawson Knox is someone that you can definitely keep in the back of your mind in plus matchups throughout the season. Final T, Singletary versus Zach Moss. We're starting to see the Zach Moss hype and build. Uh, Each running back ran 21 routes last week, which I think is key because a lot of us thought that Singletary is going to be the passing down back. But last week they split routes. Touches went 16 to 12 for Moss and yards 91 to 26 total for Moss versus Singletary. Moss is someone really both building the momentum. I talked about this in the offseason with Brian Dayball and his history and how good he's been as an offensive coordinator in the run game. It was only a matter of time until Zach Moss emerged. It looked like Singletary had a brief moment, but I think Zach Moss is the guy you're going to want. If he hit waivers for whatever reason, go get him. Panthers injury news, of course, is CMC. You know, this is big. Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, I know. Royce Freeman is always embedded in our hearts. Shout out to Sky. No, you know, we want Royce Freeman to be the guy. But if you look at what happened last week, it was Chuba Hubbard. Hubbard 21 routes to six for Freeman, six, five targets to one versus Freeman and 11 carries to five. It's Hubbard's backfield for the next few weeks. Pro Football Doc says he probably still might miss up to three weeks because of his history. So that's something to keep in mind. You might, Chuba Hubbard's going to be someone that's going to get a lot of work and a good offense. Another key news is Dan Arnold was traded. Dan Arnold is now going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. They're playing on a short week, so I don't think Dan Arnold is going to be out there this week, but that's something notable for the Jags moving forward. He's a decent pass-catching tight end, but it opens up to, uh, opportunities for Tommy Tremble, and Tommy Tremble is a the, the rookie tight end they drafted this year in the third round. I talked about him in my article. His draft capital gives him a little more boost as a potential star, and they compared him to their uh, stud safety from last year, and they think this kid is ready to play, which is why they traded Dan Arnold. And they got C.J. Henderson, a former first-round pick in this trade, which I thought was crazy. Uh, someone that's performed decent at times. He actually was used to shadow wide receivers last year. 
adding him to that secondary with uh, with Horn now out does give them now some death with uh, A.J. Boye still nursing an injury himself. D.J. Moore, listen, we don't have to talk about him. He's the alpha. The thing I love about D.J. Moore that we have to update you on uses is now he's getting more deep targets than Robbie Anderson. He had two 20-plus yard targets last week versus one for Anderson. This guy is completely dominated as the new number one. Shower narrative is not the case for Robbie Anderson. Their former fling. They must have fought in New York because it's D.J. Moore's show without a doubt. Terrace Marshall, good news for him. If you're a Terrace Marshall owner, this is a positive news. Last week, we saw his routes dip to 58% versus dropbacks. This week, it jumped back up to 78%. So Marshall earned about 20% more uh, routes to dropbacks from last week. That's something we like to see on this kid. He might be someone to hold. If he hit waivers and you have a deeper bench, you might want to stash him. He does play a lot in the slot, so I think he's someone to keep in mind. He could get better. It could be a second-half sleeper because we see those rookies really emerge in the second half of the season. Chicago Bears, Andy Dalton, you know, uh, you know, everybody just banged. I mean, poor Justin Fields. That game plan, I don't know what's happening. That offensive line is terrible. The Browns destroyed them. The offense is terrible. I mean, when I tell you that Allen Robinson was on one of my fantasy teams because I thought that was a good idea, I, I got rid of him. He's gone. I, I Listen, it, it, Robinson, this whole offense, because of the Andy Dalton situation, everyone mocked Dalton because he got the ball out of his hands too quick. The A dot for guys like Robinson was very low, but now you see why. You see why Dalton's getting the ball out of his hands so quickly because it's the only way they have a shot because as soon as you hold the ball, you get eaten alive. So I think Dalton, like like Matt Nagy said, he's going to be the starter. I think Justin Fields, they need a new coach anyway. Maybe Joe Brady comes from Carolina, shows things up. Cole Komet, just a quick update. You know, we've seen the slow progression of him. He's starting to dominate targets, uh, routes even more. He started up at, it was week two, he dropped from 20 routes to nine for Jimmy Graham. Week three, 31 to five. That's what we want to see. Cole Komet is the, he's the only tight end on this team. 31 routes to five in the game. I know it was a bad game overall, but there's going to be better days for a guy like that, especially an offense that utilizes the tight end. Damian Williams versus uh, Damian Williams versus David Montgomery. I think we talked about this a couple times, but David Montgomery is a buy. You can go get David Montgomery right now. His usage, we all talk about Saquon Barkley's usage. We should talk about David Mon- Montgomery's usage. Week two, he only had 20 routes to eight for Damian Williams. They had 20 to 20 in week one. So through two weeks, it was 40 routes for David Montgomery, 28 for Damian Williams. Last week, 27 to five, 27 to five, and he had all the touches. He had every single running back touch. It was a disaster week for the Browns. If you can go get David Montgomery, this is the time to go buy him. He's slowly emerging back to what he was last year as a clear bell cow in this offense. The Bengals, key injuries. T. Higgins obviously going to be out this game. Jeremy Bates out. C.J. Awuzier, uh, they're also going to be out one of their offensive guards. You know, I don't think Joe Mixon is a sit at all. I, I don't think Joe Mixon is a top 12 running back this week either, but I think Mixon's got to be in your lineup, so I don't care. If, if the Jaguars are just not a defense. you got to fade at all. The Bengals last week only dropped back 19 times. 19 times. That led to only five and six targets apiece for guys like Chase and uh, Chase and Boyd, but that came on 19 dropbacks. They had so they basically monopolized all the targets. Only one other player, which was Chris Evans, the backup running back, had over one target in the game. This week, when they played Jacksonville, the volume I guarantee you is going to be closer to 30, maybe even more. Those two guys are both locks to get double-digit targets in this game. They had five and six on just 19 dropbacks. It's, it's unheard of. 
they are 70% of the targets were going to the three receivers. Now with Higgins out this week, get them both in your lineups. They should be definitely must starts in this game. Cleveland Browns, Austin Hooper dropped a fifth in routes. I don't know why, but he we thought he was going to be someone that would emerge after the injury to Jarvis Landry, ease Odell back in. They didn't ease Odell back in. He led the team in routes and targets right from the start. That is amazing. I mean, he comes back in. Everyone's so worried about him. He led the team in routes. They were not easing him in at all. So that's good to see that he was getting utilized and he was out on the field a lot. Kareem Hunt, yes, he had a much bigger week last week than Nick Chubb. If the Nick Chubb, you might want to poke around. The Nick Chubb owner's hesitant at all because he had a bad game because he only rushed for 80 yards. Just poke around. Ask. Never offer a trade. Ask what they want for that player. That's my advice for you on trades. Don't just offer them a trade. Just be like, hey, man, I'm looking at Nick Chubb. Is there anybody on my team or a combination of players that you would take for a guy like Nick Chubb? See what he says. If he says something ridiculous or she, you say, all right, we'll go. You know, we're, we're not going to do that. And then, but the point of this is that Hunt is still a viable player, but you're going to, you're playing with fire. I know, I know Sky's a big Hunt guy. I am not because consistently he's never going to get 80% of, I mean, 50% of the time. I know last year he was really good early on. But just take a look at his second half of the year. Once Nick Chubb was healthy, he was not fantasy. He wasn't that good. He was like about 10 points per game. So I think if you could sell Hunt when he has big games like this and you can pair Hunt with a wide receiver too in this range, maybe maybe even like a Chase or Boyd and go get someone elite, not a bad option either. Cowboys, I know Dalton Schultz is kind of the biggest takeaway from this game because he had seven targets. He looked very good. Cooper had a slower game. He was one of the guys we faded last week because – of the Eagles matchup. They have been very good against wide receivers, but Dalton Schultz, for the most part, he's still splitting routes. It was 20 routes to 20. That's going to be hard to bank on when he's getting 20 routes to 20 for Jarwin. You know, they're, they're not running that many routes overall versus the actual dropbacks on the team. So I think that's something to watch. I'm not going to chase Schultz production. Yes. Gallup is out for a couple more weeks, but I think if, unless it's a really good matchup, which we'll talk about later in the week, uh, I don't think I'm going to chase after that because he's splitting work with Jarwin. Tony Pollard, I know he was awesome, and everyone's panicking about Zeke, but this is Zeke's backfield, people. I mean, like, when you really look down on it, Tony Pollard, listen, I know he, they're going to have good games. Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt, Alexander Madison, these guys, when they get opportunities, they're good football players. Of course they're going to be good, but they're not the lead guys. Uh, you know, Tony Pollard, you know, empty. He, he had eight routes to 24 for Zeke. I mean, even in passing game, it's Zeke all day. Don't stress about it, guys. If you got Zeke, you're going to be perfectly fine. Broncos, K.J. Hamler is now out as well. That means K.J. Hamler and also Jerry Judy are out for oh, pretty much extended period of time. Hamler's done for the season, of course. But Sutton, clear, ran the most routes on the team. Didn't have the most productive day against the Jets. It was Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick just seems to be consistent. I know two weeks ago I told you to pick up K.J. Hamler because I thought he was going to be the slot guy, but we only got a game and a quarter in, but – Hey, listen, Tim Patrick now is going to be a necessity. Another key factor, though, is because of these injuries, Noah Fant started getting a bump in slot usage. He got a 17% increase in slot usage last week. This could be a thing. They could use more two tight end sets with Albert Owen him, using him as more of a slot receiver. That's just good news. Get him out of inland. Get inline. You put him in the slot. He could definitely produce more as a pass catcher. That's something in week five we should definitely come away with heading into week five to see if that continues, because I like that usage for Noah Fant moving forward with those two pass catchers out. Melvin Gordon versus Javante Williams. As much as everybody wants uh, Melvin Gordon to go away, he's outperforming Javante Williams, people. I mean, it is what it is. 82 yards total, the 62 for Javante for Gordon this week. 
Gordon finds the end zone. Listen, Gordon is a good football player. Last year, he was top 10 in PFF run grades. I talked about this all offseason. He's not going anywhere. Javante Williams is a – if you're in a keeper league or if you're in a uh, you know dynasty league, he is a stud. If you're in a keeper league now and he's not doing too much, go ask that owner in a keeper league, hey, man, what do you want for Javante? I would take Javante all day in a keeper league because I know next year he's going to be an absolute monster. The Lions, I know the lowly Lions are not thing to be. Uh, we don't, we know they've been they've been somewhat fantasy relevant for certain guys. DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, Goff had some productive weeks, but here's some quick snippets that I thought. Of course, Khalif Raymond, believe it or not, led the team in slot routes. Why is that important? Because no one throws the slot more than Jared Goff. Jared Goff leads the NFL over the last four years in slot target percentage, and 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 Khalif Raymond is a nice speedster out of the slot. Amon Rossi Brown, the rookie that everyone was hyped up, he actually slipped all the way down to fourth for wide receivers. He fell behind Trinity Benson, everyone. So Khalif Ryman is now looking to be the – he led the team in routes. He had 10 targets on the week. I mean, this is interesting. Khalif Ryman's not a bad player. He is going to man that slot for them. He's a nice speed of vertical threat as well. Could be someone to monitor. We'll see how he looks next week in this segment. Uh, finally, the running backs continue to split work 50-50, but Dan Campbell flat out came out and said after this week, we need to get DeAndre Swift more work. And I think that's going to start happening. Jamal Williams is good. He's really good. He's actually probably the best RB2 right now for fantasy in the sense of he's the second on his team. But Jamal Williams is someone I'm actively trying to ship out. Jamal Williams and somebody else. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you could take Jamal Williams and a guy like Allen Robinson and go get a stud. But if you know the like a Stephon Diggs owner, for example, is struggling at running back. Offer them the trade. See what they do. I mean, listen, Jamal Williams is a solid player, but if you could take him and a guy like a middle RB wide receiver two slash three and upgrade the wide receiver running back position, I think this is the time to go do it. All right, before we jump into the Green Bay Packers, uh, we so we we got someone asked us, is Gordon is hurt? I did not see that. I just went through all the player trends and injuries. I don't see that Gordon is hurt, but I will double check for you after the show, and we'll, we'll talk about it there. For the Packers, this is a pretty quick one, guys. And for the Packers, the Randall Cobb saw 13 routes this week. Something to keep in the back of the minds. I know Lazard and MVS are pretty much locked into their roles, but Randall Cobb is someone we thought that would take over the slot role. Maybe he wasn't ready to take over. Because remember, he this isn't like he came back to the Packers and it was the Mike McCarthy offense. He came back to the Packers – and it was Mike LaFleur's offense. So he doesn't know the offense. He came in the later in the season. I understand it's Aaron Rodgers. It's the Packers. He should know everything. It's not true. He wasn't around when Matt LaFleur was the offensive coordinator slash head coach. So it took him some time. Maybe he starts earning that role. So he, this is the first time he saw meaningful snaps in this game. I think that's something we have to monitor. I think Cobb and, and Rodgers could start seeing more of a connection. Cobb could take over that slot role. That's bad news for Lazard and MVS because I think he would demand a little more work than those guys. And then the Texans. Let's jump down there. Anthony Miller. Clearly the two guys you need to know about. Chris Connolly and, and is playing for Nico Collins right now. And Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is the judge, jury, executioner on this team. He's getting all the looks. Guy got like 14 targets last week. It's nuts. Um, but something that I thought was notable about this team is Anthony Miller ran the third most routes. He's finally playing for the Texans. He's the slot guy now. They have a talented trio of receivers. Once Nico Collins comes back and Anthony Miller comes back, you know, uh, Anthony Miller's in there. That's a nice three-receiver set for, for Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills. 
Jordan Akins, one of the things that was gobbling up is Farrell Brown and him were splitting work throughout the season. Jordan Akins, 23 routes to eight for Brown. So that's big. I mean, Akins took over the role. They usually split work amongst tight ends. Let's keep watching that because I think once Tyrod Taylor comes back um, and they were, they're going to utilize the tight end. And their, their offensive coordinator, uh, Tim Kelly, is legit. I mean, this guy knows what he's doing. He had, gave uh, – Deshaun Watson really took off under him. Underrated OC. This guy, everyone thought the, the Texans were going to be a joke, but because of Tim Kelly, they are not. So I think he's someone to monitor. Uh, like a guy like Jordan Akins, if they take on the full-time tight end role, could be something when tight end returns. We'll, we'll keep monitoring that. Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay exciting, everybody. I mean, listen, this game was brutal, but at the same time, Philip Lindsay, seven carries to only six for Ingram this week. Maybe we'll see a shift in the tide a little bit. Ingram's been the workhorse this entire time. I'm not saying you should go up and scoop Philip Lindsay just yet, but the good news is if this continues to happen, this guy's explosive. Mark Ingram just gets the yards. He's like, listen, I'm going to hit the hole. I'm going to get it. Watch Phil Lindsay. He's explosive. They're just not giving him enough space to make anything work just yet, but he's someone to monitor. If this continues, he could be someone to scoop up in the next few weeks. So we have a couple uh, couple things popping up on our show right now. We have a couple questions, guys. And I appreciate the questions, guys. And listen, remember, don't forget the Start Sit Show is every single Sunday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. P- uh, PST or 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. So OBJ, Tyler Boyd, Marvin Jones. This is really tough because I actually like these guys. I like all three of them. Uh, my personal preference in this case is probably going to be Tyler Boyd. I, I listen, I've been talking about him all year, but just keep in mind with Tyler Boyd, Last week, six targets on just 19 dropbacks. He found the end zone last week. No T. Higgins again this week. The Jaguars have been beat up against receivers. They have allowed a lot of production. Three straight quarterbacks, nearly 300 yards passing against the Jags. So I'm going to lean Tyler Boyd in this scenario because I do like his usage in this game. Uh, What do you think about A.J. Brown and the Titans? A.J. Brown, listen, I mean, he's hurt. I mean, it is what it is. He's going to be out. I'm going to get to the player trends second, talk a little bit about guys you can maybe scoop up, maybe play in DFS probably more than anything. But Julio is all banged up. A.J. Brown's going to be fine, guys. I think he's a buy low. I think, honestly, if you're a 3-0 football team, if your fantasy football team is 3-0, you should reach out to the A.J. Brown over, especially if they're 0-3 and they know they're desperate for wins. Go reach out to the A.J. Brown owner and see what they're willing to give you for him. Because, listen, if you're 0-3, you don't have the opportunity to wait two, three, four weeks for A.J. Brown to come back healthy because your team could really suffer. So this is the time to pounce. Same thing goes for CMC owners, guys. If a CMC owner, for whatever reason, is 0-3, you should be reaching out to that CMC owner, especially if you're a 3-0, and say, hey, what do you want from CMC? I'm not telling you to give him nothing. You give him a legit package so he can win now, but you can suffer maybe a loss or two and still be in the mix. Then you get CMC back, and you're ready to rock and roll. So just some strategy there for you as well. Uh, just a couple more on here. Javante Williams, Tyson Williams, Damian Harris. Harris is definitely not someone I'm starting this week. Tyson Williams is going to be really tough to trust. We just broke him down the player profile section, but Javante Williams. I, yeah, I, I'm probably going to lean Javante in this case. Cause I think Damian's a full sit against Tampa Bay and Tyson Williams. I, I just can't trust me at five carries against Detroit. So I'm going to jump back in on this guy. So let's jump over to the Colts. So Marlon Mack trade is pending. We talked about this Marlon Mack speculative ad, maybe in a deeper league, you add him onto your bench, see where he goes. What if he goes to the Falcons? What if he goes to the 49ers, the Ravens, another team like that? He could really have some serious fantasy value. This guy had a thousand, almost 1,000 yards rushing uh, in 12 games with Andrew Luck in 2018. In 2019, he had 1,000 yards with Jacoby Brissett. 
So, I mean, like this guy is pretty good. So I think if he goes somewhere notable, uh, definitely could be someone to monitor. I think that is a good thing. Also, he was inactive last week. We finally saw this. Jonathan Taylor dominated work, but Naheem Hines got back to getting carries. So in two weeks ago, Marlon Mack played. Naheem Hines had one carry. We talked about it on our show. Now he's back up to six. So that's good. Naheem Hines getting six to eight carries a week along with his passing game usage gives him a better shot at being a PPR flex play. Jaguars, we just talked about the trade. Dan Arnold is, listen, I was a James O'Shaughnessy guy. Trust me, no one loves James O'Shaughnessy more than I did. But they used the tight end. And the one thing I will say is they got Jacob Hollister. Jacob Hollister ran the fourth most routes on the week. He's someone, if you do the Thursday night only slate, that you could probably do get really for cheap. Someone you plug in fourth and routes, six targets last week. The, uh, the Bengals' defense has actually been pretty decent against tight ends this season, but they haven't faced any world beaters or anything. So he's someone in the DFS slate on Thursday. That if you want to take a dart throw on somebody real cheap so you can get the higher up guys, James, Jacob Hollister is someone to monitor. But let's, we'll monitor the Dan Arnold versus Jacob Hollister usage over the next few weeks because this offense with Daryl Bevel does use tight ends. James Robinson, listen, he's the clear-cut guy. 15 carries to eight for Carlos Hyde this week. Uh, he continues to lead the team in routes run as well. You know, James Robinson, I think when you have plus matchups, this is tough for him. He's actually someone that I'm not overly excited to start in the game against Cincinnati. I think he's going to be a flex play. But I, I listen, I, I think he might finish outside the top 24 running backs. Cincinnati's been very good against running backs. I know <laughs> Najee Harris had 19 targets. Najee Harris, I mean, this guy is going to give me give me agita. Doesn't do anything on the ground, but he gets 19 targets. You know, touche, Najee, touche. I tip the cap to you. But now, James Robinson is going to do a lot through the air if he's going to be a fantasy viable player this week. So, you know, I'm not going to start him if I don't have to in any matchup. Jumping down to the Chiefs. Listen, CEH, baby, he's back. 17 carries, 100 yards. Only seven carries for Damian uh, Darrell Williams in this game. That's good news. I, listen, CEH had the toughest schedule. The biggest difference in adjusted line yards from weeks one and two to weeks three. So he's someone to keep an eye on. The first two weeks, they had very tough matchups. This week, he's right back in the top 10 in my metric. Love CEH. Keep rolling with him. I think he's going to be great. Demarcus Robinson, the only other update for the Chiefs. Listen, it's it's Kelsey and it's Hill. I know Hill hasn't had the production, but the usage is still there. The guy still leads the team in routes. They're moving him all over the formation. They use deep shots for him. Listen, teams are just using a two-man shell and stopping the deep pass. That's fine. Hill will be great. He's going to be good. Another buy low target. Um, if you could package, you know, maybe even like a Mike Williams in, in a solid RB to go get a Tyrell, uh, Tyree kill, that might be a decent trade. Mike Williams is white hot right now. So if you can use him and a solid player to get a Tyree kill, see you. Hey, poke around. See if it happens. Demarcus Robinson jumped Miko Harmon for the third in routes. Let's keep watching that because the third option in the passing game could be have their moments. We know there's going to be a shootout, a big game. If Demarcus Robinson's emerging, Behind Hill and Kelsey, he could have his week. So that's something to keep looking at. If you're a Miko Hardman owner, I'm not going to jump ship just yet because he was leading the team in routes behind Hill and Kelsey previously. But keep him on your bench for now. The Raiders. The Raiders must not like Kenyon Drake. They pay him all this money, and then they don't give. And then they give Peyton Barber all the work. Uh, <laughs> so Peyton Barber, 23 carries to eight for Drake. Like I mean, it's just John Gruden. I think John Gruden's a great coach. I really do. But he's just whacked out of his mind. This is crazy stuff. But Barber got it done. He just gets it. He just gets the yards of the block for him. And the craziest part, too, is he ran 15 routes on the week to 23 for Drake. So it wasn't like Drake was the pure passing down back. You know, they were splitting that work 60-40. So that's another interesting thing. Brian Edwards has emerged as the second in routes. 
This is notable, guys. I mean, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs are both producing at a high level. Ruggs saw seven targets. That was tied for Waller. Brian Edwards is second on the team in routes. Good for these guys, man. This is why Derek Carr is performing at a high level because the guys with the talent around him are finally getting the playing time and doing well with it. This is why I think Derek Carr has staying power as a solid fantasy asset this season because Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs are producing and they're also on the field. They're playing well, and that's good because Hunter Redfro is a nice player, but he's a good complimentary piece. You don't want him to be your leading receiver behind Waller. The Rams. Here's my takeaway on the Rams. And um, for the Rams, I think the biggest takeaway is that Sonny Michelle was the absolute workhorse without Darrell Williams. I think if I'm a Darrell Williams owner, this to me is huge news. Go get Sonny Michelle. Like, Sonny Michelle didn't blow up in this game. They played Tampa Bay. What this tells me, he had 20 carries and four targets. He only did that once. He only had one four-target game in three years with the Patriots. He did it in his first start with the Rams. So my point is this. If you have Darrell Williams, go get Sonny Michelle. It shouldn't take that much to go get him. Trade for Sonny Michelle and have him as your handcuff because Darrell Williams is very injury-prone. Darrell Williams. Darrell Henderson. Excuse me, folks. Darrell Henderson is a very injury-prone player. The guy's explosive. I think he's going to be the clear lead back even when he returns. I think Sonny Michelle will get a little work, but it's Darrell Henderson's backfield. But if Henderson goes down and Sonny Michelle is the featured back, 24 touches, This is he's not going to play the Bucks every week. This is a great time to go buy him, stash him. Henderson owners, PSA announcement, go get Sonny Michelle. Put him on your team. Robert Woods just hasn't been doing it this year. Biggest difference for Robert Woods is he's not the number one anymore in routes. Last year, he was the clear alpha for routes. This year, he has not been. He's been behind Cooper Cup. That's the big, the biggest change between the two. Woods has also ran behind guys like Higby and Van Jefferson through two weeks. That changed this week. He was number two in routes. That's what I like to see. I think there's better days ahead for Robert Woods. He did have a slow week, I know, production-wise. But seeing him jump at Jefferson and Higby in routes is key for his usage moving forward. Deshaun Jackson, zero routes in week two, 16 in week three, hit the deep ball. This is a guy... I listen, I think you gotta go get him. Put him on your bench. You're not starting Deshaun Jackson yet. This could have been a fluke thing. They're playing Tampa Bay, high scoring game. They're playing the Cardinals this week, another high scoring game. But Deshaun Jackson plus Matthew Stafford equals deep bomb touchdowns. I'm not saying you have to go start him this week. I'm not calling him a starter of the week. All I'm saying is go stash him on your bench because if this starts adding up, if he's starting to get more routes because Jefferson's routes went down, his went up. Could be a monster move for him. So I think. That is key. If you have Deshaun Jackson, if you can go get Deshaun Jackson on your team, put him on your bench. All right, I'm going to jump over some comments because I want to make sure I'm answering some of these while I do these back and forth. But first off, um, so we have a couple people talking about two and one. You know what, man? If you follow us on Instagram, mine's Fantasy Football X Factor. I'm also uh, Sky is at TCK Pod. The boys are over at Fantasy Focus, guys. Listen, go hit us up on YouTube, uh, on Instagram and send us your rosters. We can talk you through potential trades, um, send us the other team's rosters. We can do two-for-ones, one-for-twos, and we'll figure it all out together. It's really cool. We can do it right on Instagram. So hit us up on there. We can help you with your teams. Two-and-one, you're fine. I think you're going to be good, dude. I'm not sweating it at all. Um, thoughts on Josh Gordon? Listen, uh, this is something to monitor because of the fact that it's the Chiefs. Uh, if he goes to any other team, Josh Gordon might be someone you just ignore. But that talent with Patrick Mahomes – in a deeper league, you can throw him on your bench, see what happens. It's going to take a couple weeks for him to take off. If you're in a standard 10 to 12 team league, I'm not picking up Josh Gordon at all. Notable for Demarcus Robinson and Miko Harmon, none of them really have emerged as a clear number two behind Tyree Kill. So it's it's the door is open for a guy like Josh Gordon. If uh, so, watch his playing time. We'll be 
check in with us. We'll talk about his usage when he starts getting fired up there. Uh, what do you? What about Dalvin Cook? Should I keep Alexander Madison for handcuff? Yes. If you have Dalvin Cook, go get Alexander Madison. If you are the Al- Dalvin Cook owner, you're going to have to spend up, but I would go get Alexander Madison and handcuff your guy. I think if you're an Alexander Madison owner and the Dalvin Cook owner doesn't have him, this is the time to dangle him and another player and go get yourself an upgrade. So it's like if you want to say let's uh, let's just hypothetically say I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head. Uh, let's take a RB two like Jamal Williams. I keep bringing him up because he's doing well and Alexander Madison and maybe bump yourself up to um, you know another running back. I can't even think off the top of my head, but yeah, we'll talk through this stuff. If you have Alexander Madison, we'll talk through it. Uh, all right, let's jump down to the Chargers, guys. This is a, once again, guys, this is the solo pod. So you're just hearing my voice this is Bobby Lamarco. This is the fantasy football. Fantasy-focused YouTube channel, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Our episodes and all our episodes are brought to you by BetOnline AG. So thanks for sticking with us, guys. We're going to fire off the rest of these player trends. Okay, Chargers. Listen, Josh Palmer, I think a lot of people were excited about him as a sleeper this year. He's fell to fifth in routes. If you're someone that's in a deeper league and you have Josh Palmer, you could drop him. He's clearly behind Jalen Guyton. Jared Cook saw an uptick in routes and slot routes this week went up 18%. So Jared Cook is not only getting on the field more, he he leapfrogged Jalen Guyton. He's now number three behind Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in routes last week. He also ran more slot routes, so I like to see his usage out there as well. The Dolphins, the Miles Gaskin situation. Uh, Miles Gaskin, 17 carries to seven for Brown. They actually phased out Solomon Ahmed last week. That's big news. Three three running backs to two is big news. I think that's good news for Miles Gaskin because if he's getting you 13 carries a week and, and some passing game usage, now we're talking RB2 times. Uh, the problem with Miles Gaskin was he was sharing a backfield sometimes with, with Ahmed, sometimes with Brown. But I think overall, I know Brown had a, a, did score a touchdown last week, but the usage still leans Gaskin. 13 carries is solid for him, but the bigger news is Ahmed not being in. Will Fuller ran as the wide receiver three in his first game back. Uh, so that's good to see that Jalen Waddle actually led the team in routes and he leads the team in slot routes. So this guy is getting great usage, playing in the middle of the field. Monster game last week in a points per game, uh, PPR uh, PPR format. But Waddle is looking like he's going to be cemented in as the true number one in sense of routes. We'll see what happens with Fuller. But it looks like at least Waddle will be playing in two receiver sets because he actually leapfrogged Devontae Parker into uh, as the lead re- uh, leader in routes run. So for Waddle's long term, I think that's good news. Plus, playing in the slot is not too bad. Jacoby Brissett can get it done. The boy can sling it. Not a bad backup. He produced some fantasy points for you guys this week. All right, the Vikings. We're talking about Alexander Madison. We're also talking a little bit about uh, his 32 touches. <laughs> so we might have been a little low on Alexander Madison last week. Uh, you know, this is what we thought he could do last year in Week 17. He was an absolute stud. Um, but I think that he. I think this is the time if you have Alexander Madison to try to dangle him to the Dalvin cook owner and see if you can get extra little extra juice out of this monster game. Um, I think this is, I know if let's say Dalvin cook, misses one more week, but you got to think long-term, right? So if you get Alexander Madison's big game, let's say he gets, he gets finished as a top 12 running back this week, Dalvin cook comes back, his value deflates significantly. Yes. It's better than it was to start the season, but this is the time to pounce. I mean, this is the time to go to the Dalvin Cook owner and offer him Alexander Madison and see what you give you. Not just one for one either. You can take Alexander Madison and say, hey, listen, I'll give you this receiver and get yourself an upgrade in your opinion. So that's that's what I think would be a good idea if you're the Alexander Madison owner. Tyler Conklin, listen, big game, seven for 70 and one. Awesome performance. But remember, he ran, he ran the fourth most routes on the team. So 
He's still behind KJ Osborne. This week was just a Tyler Conklin week, which is good. Plus, we got to keep in mind, listen, this is something to monitor because he can't, he was hurt all, all offseason. So it wasn't like he was healthy going into the season. Maybe it took him a couple weeks to get his legs in there. He had a hamstring injury. So, hey, I'm not running out of my way to go get Tyler Conklin just yet, but he was someone on my list early on. He didn't – I actually dropped him, and then he goes off. Classic, right? Um, but this is the point. I think the bigger thing with Tyler Conklin is let's watch him one more week. If he produces a solid line, he doesn't need to go off for seven for 71. But if he's getting you seven targets, five for 50 – that's something we want from a tight end because it's hard to come by at the tight end position consistently uh, this season. So jumping out of the Patriots, James White injury is huge. For this week, it was Brandon Bolden, the special teamer. J.J. Taylor was not ready. Ramaj Stevenson was inactive. I expect Stevenson to be active, but I don't expect Stevenson to be the passing down back. J.J. Taylor makes the most sense if you want the upside, but Brandon Bolden, is going to be like the, the the Kevin Falk of the Patriots offense. You know, the guy who's just, he's a reliable veteran. So, listen, it could be Bolden could take over the role for White. It might not be Taylor. Uh, Taylor makes sense for a deeply speculative ad in PPR, but I don't know, man. I just have a feeling that Bolden's not going to go anywhere. He's a core special teamer. They'll use him when they need him. You know, they use guys like Rex Burkhead as a third running back for years. So, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if that happens. That's just bad news. Uh, overall, I think Damian Harris will be fine. He's going to have another tough matchup this week against the Tampa Bay Bucks. He's definitely a fade. You should not start Damian Harris. You shouldn't have started him last week. If you saw our show, folks, let me and Buck, we broke down Damian Harris, why you should sit him. So I think he's a fade, but he's fine long-term. Kendrick Bourne. Listen, Kendrick Bourne consistently is running the third most routes on the team. It finally caught up to him production-wise. He led the team in receiving last week eight targets. Listen, Kendrick Bourne is the clear number three on this team. The bigger news is if you're a John o. Smith or a Hunter Henry owner, that's a problem. You thought this was going to be more of a two-tight end-based offense. Instead, three receivers reign supreme. That's going to be really tough. Jono Smith was sixth on the team in routes last week. That is not going to be good for consistency. That's why Jono Smith, in my opinion, is a drop. Yeah, he might catch a touchdown here and there, but the, what kept his fantasy value afloat last year was the touchdowns. This year, he's not getting them, and he's got a ridiculous floor. Plus, he's running behind a guy like Hunter Henry. All right, the Saints, listen, the Saints had a league low, uh, second low, uh, have a league low through three weeks, 26 dropbacks per game. That is insanely low. That is un, that's not sustainable low. This means that there's players like Marquez Callaway that are due for solid progression. We should see Callaway finally produce last week. He found the end zone. But listen, 26 dropbacks a week, the league average is closer to 40. You know, this is very low, and I think that's going to change over time. You know, Winston and company is going to find more positive pass game pa uh, game scripts, which is going to lead to more production. And Callaway leads his team in routes every single week. He's someone, if he dropped onto waivers, could be someone to monitor um, over the next few weeks. Tony Jones. Listen, I, I understand early on I thought, too, when we saw the first week, I was like, wow, this guy's actually going to be like uh, – maybe he could be uh, Latavius Murray – maybe even more of a Mark Ingram because he was getting a decent amount of work early on in the first week. That is not the case. He had two carries. He is only a handcuff. He is not someone you need to stash on your teams anymore. If you don't have Alvin Kamara, I don't even think you need to have Tony Jones. Two carries last week. Calvin, uh, Alvin Kamara was over 20. So that's that's key for this. So I don't, I don't think you need to keep on Tony Jones. Jawan Johnson, eighth in routes last week, only five total. He was eighth on the team in routes. Uh, I think the Saints... The pass volume will go up. He's the clear passing game tight end. If you see a game flow, like when they play Tampa Bay, like Tampa Bay's got going to put up points. 
you know, that's a week that Juwan Johnson could flirt with some value. But overall, you know, these tight ends are just not worth monitoring too much. Giants lost both Sterling Shepard and Slayton to hamstring injuries. Uh, this is big news uh, because now Tony Jones emerged as the one, number one receiver in routes last week ahead of Kenny Galladay, which, you know, just makes sense, right? Uh, so he was second on the team in routes. Can anybody take a guess who was number one? If you guess Saquon Barkley, that is correct. Saquon Barkley led the team in routes. Oh, the training wheels are off. The training wheels are off for Barkley. I mean, it's it's going to be time very soon. It's already time to go get Barkley. Last week was time to go get Barkley. Um, and I think if you can get Barkley, uh, absolutely. if you could package, here's a crazy package. Jamal Williams and Mike Williams. Let me know if you think this is possible. Jamal Williams, Mike Williams from Saquon Barkley. Um, I would love to know if that can get it done. You guys leave a comment in the in the section if you think that's something you would take for Barkley. Um, Kadarius, Tony, I just brought up second routes. Evan Ingram, listen, he ran 30 routes to only eight for Kyle Rudolph. This guy came right back in, and um, that was the key. So it was good to see he got back out there. He's clear passing down back. If Shepard and Slayton missed time, Evan Ingram might have hit waivers. He might be someone to go scoop up because of that usage last week. All right, the Jets. Elijah Moore got a concussion. Uh, Michael Carter emerged as the RB1. He had nine carries, only three for Johnson. This is good news. We started to see this last week where Carter in week one was behind Tevin Coleman. Week two, they started phasing out Coleman. Week three, Carter is now the lead running back. That's big news. But Ty Johnson is the preferred passing game back, 20 routes to 11. But Michael Carter... This is the time. If he hit waivers, go scoop him up. If you can get him on the cheap, I think you should. This is a, this is the Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur scheme. Very good for running backs. Maybe Michael Carter over the second half of the season could be big time for us. The Eagles. Offensive line is going right back down the drain. Brooks, Mailata, Somalio, whatever. Those guys, three of their starters are all hurt. Uh, Mailata has a chance to come back this as soon as this week, but that is tough break for them. Uh, Miles Sanders, two carries. I don't even know what that's about. That makes no sense. Two carries. I think he had like 27 yards on the two carries too, which is insane. Uh, but that's going to change. Miles Sanders continues to operate as the clear guy. He leads the team in routes to it running back. He'll be fine. Someone that you can go get really cheap too. I think you should look at Miles Sanders. But actually, I take that back. Let's see how the, run the running game looks with this banged up offensive line before you go buy Miles Sanders. Zach Ertz versus Dallas Goddard. Listen, nothing's changed for the wide receivers. I'm not going to bring them up. But Dallas Goddard has run behind Zach Ertz. Ertz, 29 routes to 25 for Goddard. Jumping over to the Steelers, Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster both hurt. 19 targets for Najee Harris. Najee Harris just hates me when he does these things because he runs for 30 yards. And I'm like, yep, told you. He's not going to be able to run the ball. And then sure enough, he gets 19 targets. And I'm like, all right, well, if you're going to get 19 targets, you're going to be an RB1. That's on me. So sorry, folks. I didn't realize that that was going to be the case. He was going to be a, a world beater in the pass game. Ebron versus Firemuth. Listen, Ebron, last week it was Firemuth. This week it was Ebron. I'm not going to deal with that headache. 38 routes for Ebron, 21 for Firemuth. I, it was nice to see. If you're a Firemuth person and you're not in a dynasty or keeper league, I'm just not going to deal with that all year. Clearly, Ebron, I thought he was going to fall behind. He jumps right back up again. Not worth the problem. Let's talk about the 49ers. And I know Trey Sermon, a lot of people are going to point that he had such a bad week and it wasn't really good. But here's some encouraging things. In the second half of that football game, seven carries, 32 yards, and a touchdown. According to Warren Sharp's stats, five of his seven carries were considered successful, and that's something to grow on. I mean, the first half was an absolute disaster, uh, and the second half he started showing a little bit, which is good news for him moving forward. Uh, George Kittle showed promise a little bit in the passing game, 
And Brandon Ayuk was the biggest takeaway too. Second on the team in routes, uh, only three behind Debo. So this is and Ayuk found Ayuk had a productive game, but you know it's starting to happen. You know Ayuk is finally back in the in the good graces. If he was dropped or if he's someone that you can go grab, Ayuk is someone that is definitely on the rise in usage. Uh, injury to Seahawks. Now we're going to talk about Gerald Everett is banged up. Is it Will Disley season? It might be. I mean, listen, we got to look at the matchups. Me and Buck will take a deep dive tomorrow into all that. But Will Disley is someone, this guy's a big play waiting at me. He had like a 30-yard catch last week. Someone that's real interesting. Now that he's not going to split work with Gerald Everett, maybe he's someone to monitor this week's game. Uh, Freddie Swain, 32 routes. That was tied for DK Metcalf. Metcalf actually did not face Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson is not a shadow corner in Minnesota right now. He's only on one side. That's something we learned this week, definitely. Uh, DK dominated uh, on the other side away from Patrick Peterson. Swaim saw a lot of Patrick Peterson, and that led to DK having a big game. So something we good to know moving forward. The only usage update other than that is Travis Homer is now healthy, and he's actually the preferred passing down back. He actually ran more routes than Chris Carson last week. Um, neither of them were really that productive. Actually, Carson only ran nine routes on 37 dropbacks. That's something to worth watching because Carson has a nice balance between run and pass game usage. If he loses the pass game usage, that's going to make him less consistent. Let's maybe wait one more week to see if this is a trend that will continue. But if it is, it might be time to sell high on Chris Carson and maybe get an upgrade somewhere else by packaging a couple players together. Buccaneers, almost on 54, 55 minutes in. All right, Titans, potentially no Julio, no A.J. Brown this week. Nick Westbrook was the guy who emerged. He led the team in routes, caught a touchdown, 6-3, big-bodied receiver, Listen, Tannehill's legit. I think Tannehill can support a guy like Nick Westbrook. I think he's definitely a deeper league ad this week because he could play. But also DFS, guys, he's going to be dirt cheap. Play on DK, by the way. If you play Daily Fantasy, play on DK. They give you better discounts for sleepers. Uh, FanDuel's kind of all bunched together, so you're not going to get good discounts on a guy like Westbrook. DK will probably make him real dirt cheap, like 3000 so it's something to monitor there. Derrick Henry, listen, I got to give a shout out to Derrick Henry. 15 routes on 31 dropbacks. He actually ran more routes than Jerry Jeremy McNichols. I mean, Derrick Henry's getting pass game uses, folks. Like, let's go. That's pretty exciting stuff. Now, the Washington football team, the last one on the list. We made it. The Player Trends episode gauntlet is almost over. Antonio Gibson, listen, this is the one guy. Everything else is kind of status quo. Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, and blah, blah, blah. But Antonio Gibson ran, ran only 11 routes on 31 dropbacks. This guy was a wide receiver in college, but apparently they, he's not worth. He doesn't even run a route on a third of the dropbacks. That's going to really cap his ceiling. This is unfortunate. I was hoping that Antonio Gibson would take the next step in the passing game. It's clearly not happening yet. Um, I'm a little worried about it, to be honest with you, because if he's just focused on the ground game, I, I like I like Heineke, but he's not someone that I'm that he's going to make this offense elite. So I'll give it another week, see if that changes. But that's something to monitor. All right, before we go, let's answer some additional questions from the folks on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. If you're listening to our podcast on the podcast apps of the Candlestick Kids, make sure you jump over on YouTube sometimes and check out our videos on the Fantasy Focused Network. All right, let's talk here. We'll say, sorry, um, should I try to sell high and trade Mike Williams for Diggs or Justin Jefferson? Yes, I would. I think Diggs, if you can get him, that's awesome. This is kind of what we're talking about. I think Mike Williams is awesome this year. I think he's going to be fine. But if you're going to go get a an elite stud, I mean, Mike Williams, I don't think he's going to average 16 and a half, you know, half point PPR points for the whole season. But 
Yes, I don't really care too much about doing one-for-ones like that unless the other team offers it to you. If the other team, the Stefan Diggs or Justin Jefferson owner, offers you them for Mike Williams, then yes, I would say take it. But I don't think you're going to get that deal just yet. I don't think Mike Williams has done enough in three games to justify trading for one of those top five to seven wide receivers just yet. But if you can get the deal, make the deal. Uh, what's up, bro? What's up, Mitchell? James? I should say everyone's names. It's my fault. Sorry, guys. I'm running solo today. <laughs> my bad. Uh, where do you think Marlon Mack will end up going? I actually don't have a clue, to be honest with you. I'm always wrong about this stuff. I'll be completely honest. Where I would like him to go is the Falcons. I would love to see him play for Arthur Smith. They do need a clean, uh, nice one-two down back that can really, you know, play well for them. Arthur Smith knows him very well from his days with the Titans in the AFC uh, South, so I do like that. The other team is the 49ers. I mean, they just can't keep a healthy running back. Wouldn't it be nice if they just had a guy like Marlon Mack? So other than that, though, you know, the, the Eagles make some sense because of Nick, uh, Nick Sirianni, but I don't think they're going to take on a running back, especially with Kenny Gainwell playing well behind Miles Sanders. All right, Mitchell, let's see, man. Let's go. Also, you think Josh Gordon's back? I brought this up a little bit earlier about Josh Gordon. I think in deeper formats, 16-team leagues, et cetera, you can probably pick him up, but I'm not going out of my way to pick up Josh Gordon just yet. Uh, he's got a couple weeks out, but he's someone during this Player Trends episode we'll be keeping a close eye on to see how his usage goes up. Uh, train MT for Kyler Allen. Um, MT for Kyler or Allen. I don't I don't know if this is. So Beastie Boy, what's up, man? Oh, Twitch. Nice. What's up, guys, on Twitch? Uh, I don't know what this is. Is Michael Thomas? What's MT? I, I might be. I might, It's been a long day. I, I'm really tired. Uh, so Kyler Allen, I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I got you, man. Hit us up on Instagram. If you have any questions. All right, folks, listen, this was our episode this week. My solo pod key player trends 59 minutes in guys. I really appreciate it. If you are following us on Facebook, make sure our, our Instagram or Twitter, make sure you're following the TCK pod, the fantasy focus guys, myself all over our podcast. We are on, tw- uh, we're on uh, Instagram, Twitter, all across the board at Bobby Lamarco on Twitter at Sky Gawasco at fantasy focused on Twitter. We're also on Instagram as well at Fantasy Football Exact. If you're following me on Instagram right now, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm also talking about this, but make sure you're joining us, most importantly, on our Sunday live show. Sunday lives are brought to you by us, guys. We're literally doing every Sunday for three hours. We're doing a start sit show. So make sure you guys join us. We're going to get those in. If you do not have the time to sit around for 15, 20 minutes and wait for an answer on your question, there's a super chat function. We're working on a Venmo piece that you can send us money, a dollar or two. Donations will go a long way to keep us doing this for you five days a week, spending hours with you. Give us a little little love. We appreciate that. Also, we're hoping to have some partners for the weekend for you as well. We're super excited. Once again, this episode and all our episodes are brought to you by BetOnline AG, a part of the Believe Podcast Network, and all videos are on the fantasy-focused network and also streamed on our brother's podcast, uh, Fantasy Football Network. Once again, guys, I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. This is week four player trends and Thursday night football. Thank you for joining me again. I appreciate you. And make sure you join us every Sunday for our start, sit, show. I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.